again, everybody. There are many type of pies. Yeah. There's shepherd's pie. He's gonna, he's coming at puke. He's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. He's... Pumpkin pie. Sweet potato pie. Apple pie. Oh my God! Pie, that's what I want. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? It's time! It's time! It's beta time! Welcome back, everybody, to the best little podcast in the world. Well, maybe not in the world, but we're still pretty good. We're, we're climbing. We're getting there. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Eric Wayne. This is Paid in Exposure, and I actually had to recut this whole podcast uh, just because it was announced earlier today that Big Van Vader did pass away, and... He was only 63, and if you've ever followed him on Twitter or anything lately in the last few years, you know that he's had a lot of health issues, and he he was not ready to die. He didn't want to. Uh, I don't think he was afraid of it because I'm not really sure what Vader was afraid of in life, but uh, he definitely wasn't ready to go. It's sad to see that at 63, which that might sound old to a lot of you, but that's really not all that old. Um and it sucks. It's, it's sad. And Vader was, I think he was an inspiration to a lot of people. He was a, a big guy. He was a very athletic guy. And he was different for his time. And he all of the, some of his greatest matches still stand up today by today's standards, which have obviously changed. We've talked about that a little bit. And if you watch any type of independent wrestling or even WWE, you know that the styles have definitely changed. In fact, uh, Vader a few years ago kind of made headlines again for uh, attacking Will Ospreay after the Ricochet match that they had in New Japan. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend either watching that match first or the match that eventually happened with Vader and Ospreay. It was insane. There's video on YouTube, and they go absolutely crazy just during the entrance. The match alone is great. It's different for Will Ospreay, and it shows that Vader can still hang with some of the top guys in the world. Um, I really actually don't have a lot more to talk about. This interview with Martin goes so long that it's going to take up pretty much the entire show. We talk about a lot of things, and you can hear multiple times in this in this interview his just pure, unadulterated, unfiltered passion for pro wrestling. Um, he was a fan, has become more of a videographer, and has promoted for a lot of companies based out of Chicago, and he's getting offers all the time to go other places. Uh, it's really awesome, guys. Uh, y'all check it out. We're going to take a break real quick, and then we'll come right back with Martin from Wrestling with Unicorns. If you like pro wrestling shirts, I got a really cool company for you. Go to Mempho Brand Tees on Twitter and Instagram. Give them a follow. Pick up a shirt. They got hoodies, hats, aprons. They got all kinds of stuff. They got some badass designs. You need to go to Mempho Brand Tees. That's M-E-M-F-O Brand Tees. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram and pick something up now. And if you don't live in the U.S., that's cool. They ship worldwide. Go to shop.spreadshirt.com. Slash Mempho, M-E-M-F-O. Pick up something now. Get on Twitter. Get on Instagram. Give them a follow. Mempho Brand Tees. Tell me a little bit about, like, some of your earliest memories of wrestling and, like, what kind of got you hooked on it. Uh, my early memories. Um, I remember being, like, about five or six. And my dad always watching uh, WCW Monday Night, uh, Monday Night Nitro. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, like, my early 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 memories of it 
in my dad every Monday he was watching Nitro. Uh, he will never turn to WWE. Oh no, WWF at the time. Raw is one. Right. He he will never turn it. Uh, it was always Nitro, and that's why like it kind of like kind of got me like wow, you know, it's like these guys are like doing some cool things, you know. At at the time I was like wow, man, it's amazing. And then uh and then on Saturdays I remember here on Chicago there's a channel. At the time it was channel 13, and there was show uh, first it was. It was WWF, and then there was ECW, and then it was WCW, like, like it, it was like the Saturday shows, uh, right. and then like ECW was like the one that hooked me the most because of like how violent, uh, uh how like violent it was, you know. It's like yeah. of course being that young, uh, it kind of hooks you more, you know. I remember yeah. uh, seeing all those guys like Tommy Dreamer, uh, right. RVD, Jerry Lynn. Uh, the salmon, uh, yes. Some some of the episodes came out, and then Rhino. You know, like Rhino was like the biggest thing at right. the time in '99. Uh, no, yeah, '99 to 2000, it was the biggest thing. And then and then uh, seeing Paul Heyman too. Uh, Paul Heyman is like one of the guys that like hugged me in more because of the way he talked and like his like uh, way of always turning. Oh yeah, you know, it's like Paul Heyman. Like he'd been like one of my biggest influences because of the way he talked, you know, like like the way he run ECW. Even though like what happened with ECW, they like it it went bankrupt, but that was bad. But other than that, he 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 was a genius. Or was or, or he he still is a genius. No, he yeah he's like he's one of those guys that he's always just like he's been so like advanced the way that he thinks about everything and like just the way his brain works about stuff like because he grew up just like as a kid you know just around it all the time and just learned from all these different people and was like never like officially trained the right way or wrong way to do things and like mm-hmm. I don't think there's a right way or wrong way to do them it's what works and what gets over and like. The Chicago scene, like, I'm not going to lie, man. Like, I'm really jealous of what y'all have going on in Chicago because I've lived in Memphis since I was, like, real little. And, like, mm-hmm. Memphis, you know, 25, 30 years ago was, like, the place to go. And then, like, it just slowly started dying down. But it seems like Chicago has just been on fire, like, the last probably five or six years where they're, like, probably longer than that, obviously. But were there like what was like one of the first live shows you went to? Was it like an ECW deal or like like an indie show? Um, um, my first like wrestling show uh here in Chicago was uh there was of course a WWE show. It was in yeah. 2014 uh with my brother uh we went to a WWE Payback. That was our first yeah. like re- actual wrestling show like WWE wise. Mm-hmm. But then our first indie show was um was in 2015, uh Ring of Honor the Conqueror Tour. Uh, our main event was um, Samoan Jones versus Michael Hogan. Uh, that that was our like indie show. Even though like Ring of Honor, I don't uh, back then I consider it indie, but now now I don't consider it indie anymore because of how like uh, mainstream they're getting, uh, slowly right. by slowly Ring of Honor. Uh, but then, but then our 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 indie show, like our in the in the indie show, was AEW. Uh, it was in 2015, and it was for their it was for their Winnie City Classic show. That was okay. our biggest exposure to the indie show, like to the indie uh, like scene here here in Chicago. Right, like like the indie scene in Chicago has always been like like, Chicago fans are, like, just, just, like, a completely different breed, like, as far as just everything in general, like, it's, I like, the few times I've wrestled in front of Chicago fans or been in front of them, it's just, like, they're almost not really, like, an ECW fan where they're just, like, bloodthirsty and just want to see, like, violence and everything, but, like, Chicago fans, like, they get it, like, they're some of the coolest fans ever, like, some of the coolest people in general just because, like, they're so like, like it's uh like like so like down here in Memphis like fans are cool and everything and like they're laid back and all but like they're like we're like super polite Southern hospitality and everything <laughs> Chicago people are the same way but it's like that rough edge at first and then you're like okay yeah cool okay oh oh okay we're cool now but then like when it comes to the wrestling it's like just like as long as it's good as long as like what's happening it can be comedy it can be like 
strong style. It can be technical. Like as long as I feel like this anyway, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like as long as it's done well and it comes across and it looks good, then it's like fan like people get into it a lot more, no matter what what what's being portrayed, whether it's like a uh Joey Ryan doing something or it's someone else just like beating the shit out of people. As long as it looks good and it's believable and it's entertaining. Yeah. Chicago fans like the first ones are like Fuck yeah, we love that. That that was good. Oh hell yeah! Uh, honestly, you just hit it. You know, everything you said it was it was honestly correct. You know, it's like um, going going to shows as a fan. Uh, it was different compared to now. Uh, because like as a fan, you're just sitting there admiring everything going on. You know, it's like mm-hmm. wow. You know, it's like this is pretty badass. And then you kind of notice when like a guy like kind of messed up. And then people just go, oh, you fucked up, you fucked up, you know, like, they don't give a fuck, you know, like, if you're going to, like, be mean to them, you know, like, like the fans are, are going to tell you when you messed up, you know, they're going to, yeah. they're going to bat you as much as possible because, because of how much, uh, how much they love wrestling, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, they still, they still like, like the wrestlers, but thing is, they technically want their wrestling to be actually good. Right. Yeah, like that's the biggest thing with like Chicago versus like almost like almost anybody, a lot of different areas like that. It's just like as long as it's done well or something like, um, like we're gonna. I want to get into it in a minute because Freelance had their big like fourth anniversary this year or like this past weekend. Um, but like I got like my first time like like halfway meeting you was um back in october when i did freelance and it wasn't even like officially meeting it still hasn't happened but um you were like because you've been recording everything and and videoing and photography and stuff with wrestling with unicorns so when i got uh, to come up to freelance in october <clears throat> for the halloween show i did a thing I as, uh, as jim Cornette. yeah yeah and, yeah, like, yeah i remember that I, yeah, see, I was worried was about it. I was worried about it at first because, like, in my head, I pictured, like, the way it ended up coming out. Like, the music will play. I'll stick the racket through the curtain. Like, they're either going to boo or they're not going to know what the hell is happening. And uh, I was, man, I was so happy to know, like, that you were there because like, I'd seen tweets earlier that day and everything. I was like, oh, yes, Martin's going to be here. I know something good is going to come out of this because I've always – seeing always like really good shit whenever you're there i was like man i really hope this gets recorded and he's not like running to the bathroom or like not there for a minute but uh like the chicago fans fucking ate it up i still remember like the music played and they kind of cheered and i stuck the racket out and they all started booing i was like oh yeah exactly what i would expect from chicago yeah because at first at first uh, i'm gonna always like remember this because yeah. I remember hearing like the song playing, but thinking at the time I didn't know that was like uh, Jim Cornette's. Um, uh, what was those guys' name? Uh, um, the Midnight the Express. Express. Yeah. Yeah, the Midnight Express. Um, a theme song. Because like, I like only knew that song because mm-hmm. of uh, Trey Acid, you know, and that's okay, how yeah. when that song played, I was like Trey Acid. I'm like, what the fuck? The thing is, <laughs> then like I heard you talking and like. And screaming and stuff, and I'm like, right away, I knew it was, it was like a parody of uh, Jim Cornette. So yeah, yeah, like that was like the freelance fans, like, like those are like, like perfect Chicago fans because it was just like I was like, man, they're either gonna immediately know what I'm doing when they hear the music and the tennis racket, or I'm just gonna like a complete idiot and I'll just get laughed out of <laughs> the building. And like, it was a combination of both. I didn't get laughed out of the building, but I think I got laughed at a little bit. So. I guess it worked. Um, tell me, like, um, so I mentioned wrestling with unicorns, and right before we went on the air, we were talking about that. I didn't realize that you've only had, like had that company for like roughly the last year to two years. How did um, how did you yeah. get started with yeah. to do all that? Uh, what happened was um, me, me and my brother. Uh, he's other uh, like like the other owner of wrestling unicorns uh even okay. though he doesn't want to be like the other co-owner but like like for me i consider him the co-owner but even though he he says no 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 
I think yeah, he's a corner. Do it. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> our, he's my brother, you know. It's like me and him started it together. Uh, what happened was uh, when we started going to shows, I started, like, taking, like, uh, clips using, like, my iPod at the time. You know, I started taking clips and, like, of, of like, anything going on. Uh, it was, like, entrances or, like, some moves, you know, like, some moves I thought was, I thought, I thought they were cool, you know. I thought yeah. that they were really cool, whatever. So then, uh, when AEW, uh, when I started going to AEW more, more uh, frequently in 2016, that was when I started doing more clips. You know, like I started more doing more clips for AEW, even though AEW never announced it at the time. You know, it was like they just saw this kid uh, taking clips in in the audience. You know. Yeah. And then in 2017, uh, yeah, 2017, yeah, 2017, uh. I had once uh, I had somebody from from the AEW staff come up to me and they told me, "Hey, uh, I see I see you're doing clips uh, or like doing doing like some kind of video thing using using our stuff, you know." And that's totally right. fine with us, you know. It's like uh, you can do whatever you want. Uh, he's like never give out like the finishes, you know. And like at the time, I already knew this, you know. It's like I already knew never give out like the finishes never give out any pinfalls or any clues it was going to be like the end of the match. So right. then I kind of really knew all of that stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. then they told me, was like, hey, uh, do you want to be in charge of our uh, Snapchat? You know, I was like, yeah, fuck it. You know, I was like, let me give me some yeah. Snapchat, you know? Yeah. You know? So then I started doing Snapchat for AEW. And then uh, July uh, July of 2017, I went to my first, uh, I went to my first freelance show. And then I went up to uh, Mad Nicks and, and like I asked them, hey, can I be in charge of your Snapchat? You know, because yeah. I, I've been doing it for I've been doing it for AEW at the time it was like about like three months, you know. Mm-hmm. So then Amanda was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, and then he gave me like the account for the Snapchat. Yeah. And then that day was my first time doing uh, Snapchat for for freelance. And then like the interesting thing about that weekend was that that like, it was technically it was technically like trending. On the stories in Chicago. Oh wow! Like it, yeah, I know, and that's why I was like, wow, you know, it's like this is this is some serious shit, you know. Yeah. So and I started doing it. I started doing it for freelance, uh, and then in August I started doing it for more shows. You know, mm-hmm. I started getting, uh, I started like um, sending messages to a bunch of promoters asking them, hey, hey, I, can I take some clips or can I be in charge of your Snapchat at the time? And there a bunch of them were like, yeah, dude. Go ahead, you, you you can come wherever. So then I I started doing that, you know. It's like I started getting more shows, to more shows, to more shows. And then from that, uh, I started realizing that Snapchat wasn't working as much. So I'm like, let me just use like my regular phone. So so then I started doing some uh, some like small tweaks in my phone, and then like it made like the video HD. And then I started doing it for one show. And then I started getting a bunch of, like, a good things, you know. They're like, wow, man, you should start doing HD videos. You know, this shit, like, uh, it shit looks really good. So then I started doing the HD videos. Uh, and then after that, now uh, I'm doing about, like, four shows a month now. You know, uh, from from freelance wrestling to to AEW to uh, Gala Lucha Libre here in Chicago. Uh, I did, I did like evolve clips uh, last month, so that was a, that was kind of a good accomplishment too. Accomplishment. I did ECW yeah. last month too when they came to to us, Chicago. You know, uh, that was another yeah. accomplishment for me. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, like, really uh, in the last, like in the last like six months to a year, it's just like kind of blown up, I guess. Um, from what you're saying, like I uh. I was looking at some different. I was trying to find a picture of you to use for the uh, like to put on Twitter and to put on everything to advertise what we we're yeah. gonna like the podcast. I started looking mm-hmm. through, and man, like you you've been in the um, you've like been in harm's way a couple of times or close to it. Like there's pictures of you like where you're getting a shot as they're diving out of the ring and they're like landing right next to you. Have there ever been like any times you're like, oh shit, this is how I die right here. Like any any close calls uh, or anything just like that. Uh, honestly, man, all the time. You know, it's like there've been some incidents that like it, it hasn't been on purpose. 
You know, right. it, it it just happens. You know, um, let me see, I can't remember one like specifically, but like yeah. I do remember like having those all the time. You know, but even though like for me it's like I'm glad it happens. You know, because I'm like, damn, you know, it's like I'm so close to the action. You know, it's like yeah, I always tell myself, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like I'm always there. Uh, man, I'm trying to think about a specific one. Um, it's probably like you said, man. It's just it's so like you're there all the time. It's just every it's like every single match for the most part. You're probably having to like keep your head on a swivel and always look around because there's always so much going on. Like it's hard to to not to not get caught up in it or to not like not be in the way, but you get what I'm saying. Like it's oh, because yeah. the style the style in Chicago is so different. It's like um it's like down here, man, we're like it's kinda of, a lot of companies are like in a bubble to where there's mm-hmm. not a lot of like outside the ring or not a ton of dives and like most Chicago shows it's like balls to the wall every match. So I could imagine six, seven, eight matches of having to look over your shoulder every five seconds to make sure you're not part of the group of guys getting landed on, you know? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like this thing, like, you always have to pay attention. Always pay attention to your surroundings because, trust me, ain't a, a hit can come from anywhere. You know, like, from any side of the ring can come because, like, if you're, if you're too focused on your, on your camera or on your phone and then, like, I don't know where somebody, like, does a drop kick and then, like, you're there, you're going to get hit. You know, or like do a dive or do a suicide dive and stuff. It's always like the danger, you know, it's like, yeah. it's always you always being in danger. But the thing is, if you love this, you're not going to care. You know, you're not going to care because you're doing this because you, you want to help. You know, it's like you're doing this because you want to show like the whole world about what are these guys doing, you know, mm-hmm. because you guys yeah. are risking your guys' lives. You know, yeah, like you guys are doing some crazy shit in the ring, you know, <laughs> and that's why, and that's why if like I can help you guys in that way, I'm going to do it. You know, it's like, if I get hit, I get hit, you know, it's like you guys deserve like the spotlight, you know, and that's why I do it. And you've, you, you've helped a lot of people and just in the, like in the last year, I mean, like I said, me personally, I would have never gotten to see the clip of the Jim Cornette thing. I wouldn't have gotten to see yeah. half of the things I've seen. Because I'm pretty sure if it happened in Chicago, it was probably you that recorded it anyway. Um, like, so, all right, so uh, this is what I want to talk about. Um, yeah. Freelance just had their four-year anniversary show, and I know you weren't going to miss that. Uh, let's, uh, I guess, however you want to start with it. You were there. Uh, big matches? Big moments. Yeah, the, what uh, yeah. what 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 do you what what would when you think of the fourth anniversary show? What's like the first thing you think of, and then we can kind of review it. Uh, it was like the biggest things that happened. Like there were like three biggest things. You know, it's like it was um Anthony Hendry and Drake James. Yeah, Drake James yeah. won the tanking yeah. titles. They won the tanking titles. Okay. Uh, uh, GPA. Feed at Cardi Ray. Uh, I I saw Velasquez yeah. won the freelance champion from. Yeah, I saw the, from, I saw that. Coin. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. give me a give me like a quick rundown from like if you like, if you don't have it in front of you, it's not a big deal. We can go into like matches and everything. But mm-hmm. what um the Carnies were there too, right? Those are my guys. They're yeah. from Tennessee. What was yeah uh, uh, yeah. What, 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 what was yeah, their match right. like? Because I saw like one clip of the Force Destroyer, and then I didn't hear, I haven't gotten to see or hear much about it. Yeah, uh, with them, uh, it was a, it was a good match. You know, it's like the thing is like, um, uh, it's like they wrestle a team uh, here in Chicago called the N Words. You know, those yeah, guys yeah. are good. You know, but thing is, I felt because it was like like the match before the main event. That people weren't that into, you know, oh, okay. because people were okay. just, yeah, and people just wanted to go to the main event, you know, and that's why I felt like, man, see, that's yeah, that's such a tough spot to be in, like, because you like, I've I've been in that position before too, where like you're put right before a big match, and like mm-hmm. some people, like some some people will do it where it's like 
I just put anything in there because no one's going to watch. But there's other times where you have like guys that are really good. You're like, all right, well, we can put them here and they're still going to capture the attention, but it's a hard spot to be in because like being in the position they were in, it's like you said, man, there's so many people like they're ready for the main, but they still want to see this. But like, they also know they've got like a certain few minutes to get ready before they don't want to leave anything. So like, it's it's a tough spot to be in having to have like that kind of spot. Like I'm proud of them to hear they were in that spot because they could have been in a different spot where they would have got looked over entirely, but being yeah. right before the man, like you kind of have to, you don't want to go overboard, you know, because they could have like, I can imagine done 10 times more than what they did, but then that kind of, it takes away from the main because you want to have like, you want everyone to kind of be relaxed and not relaxed, but like, catch their breath because that main should be like holy shit what's going to happen now type thing so it's like they were a good like appetizer for the main event it sounds like so that's good man good for them um tell me tell me about the kylie ray and gpa because that's one thing i've seen i've seen that over the last like six seven months they've been building this and kylie came up here or sorry down here well she came up from Houston, but now she's in Chicago. Anyway, she came like to Memphis and blew everyone's minds away. And then in the last year, she's like exploded. And Chicago fans, freelance fans, they love, love her. her. I don't know if you saw the thing I posted on Facebook about intergender wrestling. And uh, like they're right there. Like she has Chicago, like freelance fans, just like palm of her hand, like believe in her so strong. Like, it's amazing. I can't even imagine the match with her and GPA. What was it like? Uh, honestly, man, it was very emotional. You know, uh, it was all around emotional. Uh, Kylie Ray had her mom there. Uh, her mom is, mm-hmm. uh, her mom was from Rowe. Like, everybody was so emotional in that match, man. They were rowdy. Uh, every time Kylie Ray would, like, beat a GPA, everybody would cheer. But then when GPA started beating Kylie Ray, like, you you honestly felt like that room getting upset, you know, like sadness, you know, like it wasn't like rowdiness. It was like sadness because she was getting beaten by her GPA with a belt too. You know, like he was beating her with a belt and people were like freaking like, yeah, (laughs) they were mad, you know? Uh, And then the end, in the end was when, when like GPA wanted, uh, technically kind of, uh, he wanted, he wanted mercy from Kylie Ray. Uh-huh. He wanted mercy from Kylie Ray. Uh, and then, like, Kylie Ray dropped the chair. She dropped the chair. And then GPA uh-huh. did, like, a back suplex on her on the chair. And 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 that's when their whole room exploded. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe she freaking gave him mercy. And then yeah. and then, and then GPA uh, gave her uh, his finish. He won. And then, and then when he was coming out of the ring, I didn't know that uh, he was bleeding from his mouth. A GPA oh, wow. was like, I, yeah, he was actually bleeding from his mouth. And like, I didn't notice it when I was taking like the clips. And then mm-hmm. once he came outside, uh, he grabbed a piece of paper that mm-hmm. it said, it's like a uh, Kylie Ray session. And he freaking spit on that paper with like all blood on that paper. Oh. And he spit it and then he grabbed it and he told me, hey, take a picture of that. So then I took the picture of him with the bloody uh, sheet. Bloody sheet of paper? Ah, jeez, man. Yeah, okay, see, that's like a way bigger turn than I was expecting. Like, I I figured their match would be really emotional, but to hear that, like, like, that's like you can't pre-plan, like, having a bloody mouth and spitting on paper, but, like, that's just, like, ends up being, like, the icing on the cake to be able to, like, have that emotional of a match and have like something happen where he's bleeding that badly to be able to like add to the end of the match like that. Cause like, man, that, uh, that sounds, that sounds pretty, pretty nasty to even to be able to get that, to get that added into the match just by accident. But they weren't the main, were they? It was the title match. The no. Main. Yeah. Oh, I, another match. I forgot. It was uh PCO against Chris Mitchell. You know, uh, PCO. Oh, yeah, um, I saw that. I saw the. Uh, yeah. oh, what did PCO do? Um, uh, oh, the Canadian destroyer on the stage. Destroyer, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that was crazy. 
Man, I was impressed. Was anything? Yeah, the, I was when I saw that I was like, no, nah, like he's gonna backdrop him on the stage. Like I saw him set up for it, and like yeah. I was just like like flipping through Twitter and I saw it, so I stopped. And I was like, why? Right, what's? Because like Craig, like when Craig was one of the guys when I got to come up there in October, I I talked to him and um, a couple of other people like that I knew that from like other shows we'd been on, but I'd never met Craig before, and he was just like getting work out of the ring. I saw how athletic he was. I was like, man, I realized it was him and PCO. I was like, oh, he's going to do something and then he'll backflip on him or do like, he'll be something like that. And then like the Canadian Destroyer happened. I was like, what a, a fucking course PCO does a Canadian Destroyer in 2018. Of course he would do that. Man, yeah. man PCO, honestly, man, that guy is so humble. Like that guy is so freaking nice. I have, I have met some like nice people in this business, but him, Wow, like, wow, man, he is so humble. And like, um, I heard, I heard he was um helping with uh, ring crew, uh, and like uh, he was helping with ring crew and everything. He was like uh, saying hi to every single person. Like, uh, he didn't care if you were a fan, if you worked a part of the show, nothing. He will go up to you and say hi to to you. Uh, he will like honestly introduce himself to you, no matter who you were. And that's why, like, I I respect that, you know, because a bunch of guys. They just walk in and don't even say hi to anybody. But like PCO saying hi to every single person, even a fan. I'm like, damn, you know, like that. That guy, he has my respect. That's you know? awesome. That's really good to hear, man. Because like, he doesn't have to do any of that. So the fact that he like took the time to like help with the ring crew, talk to ring crew, talk to anybody, introduce himself, like. That's awesome, man. I've always, like, I've never met him, but I've always heard that he was, like, really humble and nice. But to hear, like, going that extra mile and making it seem like, it sounds like that's just him. It's not like he was forcing himself to, like, go talk to everybody. And, like, that's awesome to hear that kind of stuff, man. Um, what was the uh, what was the main event like? Um, let's see. Um, uh, like, the main event was emotional, too. Because, like, Xavier Velasquez is, is the man, you know, like, uh, he's the freelance man. So, okay. so like, people were cheering for Xavier Velasquez because he's technically freelance, you know. Like, I'm going to be straight with you. He is technically freelance. He, he, uh, he He's the first two-time freelance world champion. You know, people love Xavier Velasquez, you know. Uh, and that's why pe- people were cheering for Xavier and Darren Corbin. But, like, I – something – Something in the air told me that that like Isaiah Velasquez was gonna win, you know, because like right. you you get that feeling, you know, it's like when the match is going on, you get that certain feeling. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's technically his night, you know. It's like it, it's yeah. his night to like actually win, you know. And what once he won, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I was just gonna say Corbin like in freelance is like to see him get to the main and have a title match and it be emotional because um, he's like, he's one that he dropped a pipe bomb a few months ago on freelance fans. And then yeah. even before that, he's never like court. Like I talked to Darren Corbin like last week, actually, like he's uh, like his thing. He's never been taken seriously unless he had to be because he's so good at everything. Like he's so good at comedy. He's so good. Technically he's so good at a brawl. He can pull you in with a promo and, He's been always one of those guys that was like, like you always want him on the card, but you, I feel like he wasn't always put in like that main event spot or like that spot to really pull fans in and be emotional because like Corbin's big thing that I first knew him from, I think one thing that got him over and noticed with a lot of fans was uh, the slow motion wrestling. And like mm-hmm. he, he did it, in, he did it in freelance. That was one of the, uh, I think one of the first freelance clips or matches I ever saw was like a six man scramble with him. And like ACH was in it and a few others. And they do all their yeah. spots in the scramble. And Corbin gets in and we're going to slow it down. And they go through all their slow motion spots. I'm like, that's fucking yeah. brilliant. And that to me was like one of the first times Corbin like. And he's been, he's been resting a long time, and that was one of the like first things that like made me re- realize who he was. But to see that he's like had this rise in freelance of being like an awesome guy you want to see every single show to the main event and it being an emotional match is awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah, Darren Corbin. 
have to, uh, I have to like say like he he's super nice. You know, it, it's another guy from freelance. That, like since the since the first day I met him, he was always nice to me. You know, uh, there's a bunch of guys from freelance that ever since I met them, they all of them had treated me with so much respect. And Derek Corbin is one of them. You know, Derek Corbin, he's he's another guy who's humble. You know, it's like he's always sharing my clips. Uh, he's always liking my clips. And he's always like asking me, "Hey, uh, can I have this clip?" or, "Or hey, can I see this clip?" You know, and right. and when guys do that, you know, it's like I know that they appreciate it, you know, and they know that like I work hard in those, you know, because sometimes there's moments where my phone starts acting up stupid, and then like I can't get a certain clip. But the good thing is that I'm having like my brother from the balcony taking clips too. You know, right. so then yeah. we're doing this new thing called like the double angle thing. Uh, it's been working uh, very well lately. Uh, yeah. We've been getting it from different angles so we can get like different kind of uh, emotions. You know, yeah. uh, he gets them from, from the yeah. balcony. Mm-hmm. And then like I, I get them from the from like ringside and then you can still hear like people's emotions around me, you know, and and that's something that I, I really like. You know, it's like you can get two different emotions from one certain move. You know, right. some people cheer, some people go, and some people just uh, just boo, you know? But yeah, right. that's something um, something about freelance that, like, uh, all those guys have, like, really honestly made me feel like home, you know? Uh, it's kind of like a, a cliche because it's like a, a freelance is home, you know? Technically, it been like my first, honestly, like my first uh, home promotion, you know. Uh, and the first promotion who honestly let me do clips, you know, ringside clips. And then because of that, I started working with with their with their Palmer's uh, freelance underground, you know. And then from there, I started meeting more people. And then from there, it started evolving more. And then from there, I just started talking to like other people from different. Uh, promotions and then like asking them for help you know and then thanks to everybody else like to every single person who had who who, like had helped me through through this journey i'm here you know because of every single one of you guys uh yourself or like any wrestler you guys are the reason why i still i still do this you know because if nobody used my clips or like nobody wanted my clips i don't know if like i will I will still be able to do all of this thing, you know? And you've, like I said, like I said it earlier, but like you've helped so many people just, just by videoing and any pictures you've taken, like you've helped people that you don't probably that, cause a lot of wrestlers, like they're not going to always say thank you. They're not always going to ask for things, but I guarantee you, they all appreciate what you're doing. So just imagine like the feedback and the love and the support that you're getting from freelance and from the people you're getting it from it's actually probably 10 15 times more than that because there's so many people that either don't realize that they should be thanking you or they're just they don't want to for whatever reason but they all appreciate what you're doing whether they say it or not because if it wasn't for you and so many others then absolutely nobody would know anything about half the chicago scene or half of any other uh, any other company that's that's big right now because if it's not for people that are like that are getting distribution of any video or clips or anything then it's all like you're basically just doing it for the few hundred people that are right there in attendance that night and no one else is ever going to see it because there's people like you that aren't there to help everything live on I never would have seen the Jim Cornette thing that I did if it wasn't yeah. for you so I appreciate it even if I haven't been at freelance since then, I appreciate everything you're doing because I get to see some of my friends wrestle up in freelance and tear the house down all the time. And I can tell that you're enjoying every second of it. So I think it's awesome that you're have a home in freelance and in wrestling, because there's a lot of times in wrestling where like people are looked down on for not being just what a wrestler, which is stupid really. If you think about it, because there's a lot more that goes into 
what we do besides being in the ring, there wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for everybody else that helped. So thank you. I, I really appreciate everything that you've done. No, oh, man, I, like, honestly, like, you guys are, like, the real people that I, I, I am, like, so thankful for because you mm-hmm. guys are doing so much, like, traveling. You know, you guys, you guys are technically sacrificing your, like, you guys' lives, your, uh, your, your, like, families and everything. You know, like, you guys are busting your, you guys' asses for us, you know, it's like, because of you guys, all of us are, like, able to go to shows or be able to take clips or take pictures of you guys. You know, and that's why, that's why, I, that, that's why I'm so grateful for like knowing all of you guys. You know, like every single wrestler that I have talked to, every single wrestler had been, had been incredible people. You know, it's like they, they like tell me like their stories. You know, and the stories, everybody's story is like always like like kind of like the same. You know, like everybody mm-hmm. started as kids. You know, like everybody had had the dream of being wrestlers. You know, and like me, and like me that my brother are technically living a dream. You know, it's like, we're technically working for wrestlers we technically grew up watching. You know, it's like, uh, like last September, we were able to to work with Super Crazy. You know, Super Crazy was a, was a wrestler we saw in WWE, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, and then in November, I had the opportunity to work with, with Crazy Boy, you know, another guy that I grew up watching. You know, yeah. From Triple A, and now to this day, I sometimes uh, uh, talk to him through, through like Facebook or like just like ask him, "Hey, how are you?" Or like he would just uh, text me or like message me questions he has about like about like the whole uh, United States independence scene, you know? Because right. uh, uh, he's from Mexico, so like right. over there is different from here. And then like yeah. I've been helping him. Like uh, helping him open doors for him, so like can have like some bookings, right. you know. But then that's like it's been the dream, you know. It's like uh, we're living uh, a beautiful dream, even though sometimes, sometimes of course, you know, like sometimes you get you get annoyed, you know. Sometimes you get mad about certain things, but the thing is, other than that, I will never trade it. Uh, I I will never trade this journey, you know. It's awesome. Because yeah. You know, it's like it's been a beautiful journey, you know. And like I tell my brother, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep on doing this until, until I give like my last breath. You know, like I'm still gonna do it. I don't care, you know, because I, I love wrestling that much. You know, I love that. I love wrestling so much that like I'm willing to do it when I'm like 70 or 80 years old. You know, it's like I'm gonna be like crawling and shit, but thing is, I'm still gonna do it. You know. <laughs> Man, I feel like by the time you're to the point where you're having to crawl, I think we're like, ho- hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you have like a son or a daughter that can do the ringside shit. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're gonna need you to take uh take promo pictures in the back because I don't want I don't want anyone landing on you at seventy five. <laughs> Your bones gonna be way too brittle. I don't care how much. Oh hell yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll just put you in the back taking promo shots. We don't want anybody landing on 75-year-old Mark. That's <laughs> very bad. Uh, uh, tell me, Chicago's like huge. It, all, it kicked off with freelance. Um, and like you told me before we went on the air, like you had a busy weekend. So what was Saturday like at uh, TakeOver? Okay, so Saturday, uh, when we got there, um, we noticed that they're like there were only like five matches for takeover, and that was very surprising because it's like I uh, I expected more matches, you know, it's like of course more matches. But thing is, uh, they started with uh, the Spirit Era defending the tag team titles yeah. against against uh, formerly known as Martin Stone and and formerly known as the uh, I forgot his no, name. No, I always no, forget no, his indie no, name. Yeah, this, yeah, him. Yeah. It was yeah. okay. So yeah, him. I I keep on forgetting his name. But then like that match was good. You know, it was like it, it was a good opener. Um, yeah. both teams like they honestly gave their heart out. You know, it was a good match. Uh, there was no sloppiness and nothing. Uh, it was no botch or n- nothing at all. Um, so yeah, it, that was a good opener. Uh, and then it was Ricochet against 
uh, Velveteen Dream. Uh, Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Velveteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That match. Yeah, I've been, I've been, like I haven't seen it yet or seen any clips, but I know the setup to it was wild. So I can only imagine what that was like. Oh, and you can catch some some of the clips from that match on on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I kind of did clips for them. But like okay. uh, illegally, you know, like trying like to like do yeah, it, like, like uh, low key. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I just did it because my brother told me. He's like, dude, right. you should totally do it, you know. And then I did it, you know, and uh, I got some good clips from that match. Uh, uh, that match was good, but the, but the only thing that I had to like complain is that uh, Dalton Team Dream, he's very slow. Uh, that's something I barely noticed, like really noticed about him in the ring. You know what, I think, like, like uh, it could be the ricochet so damn fast that it makes him look slow, because ricochet Colin is insanely fast. Like I was talking to Colin yeah. Delaney about this before, and like Colin, oh, Colin. when it, like Colin Delaney was like he was down here wrestling in Memphis when I met him, and we talked about like the difference in styles, and like everyone else, we're talking about like how fast he was. You're so fast. You're so fast because around the south. Like you do, like you stack three moves together and run the ropes five times before you like <laughs> do anything, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, man, you did a lot of stuff." So like, when Colin came down here, bringing like the Northeast style with him, it blew everybody's minds. And then like he seemed like he was like, and, he, and he's like the first one to tell you, he's like, "No, it's just an illusion. I'm not that fast. It's just an illusion." So. Uh, it could really just be like Ricochet is, is so fast that it makes Velveteen look slow. But I mean, shit, like it's hard to keep up with like with Ricochet on some stuff. But I can see where like it could be a problem too. But uh, I bet you, man, I bet you, it was Ricochet is just so damn fast that like no, like you have to have a carbon copy of Ricochet for them for anyone to say like, oh, Ricochet's opponent was slow. Like otherwise, it's just like man, Ricochet is just that that fast. Um, yeah, Ricochet is super freaking fast. Man, uh, yeah. I I saw him wrestle here in Chicago twice. Uh, it was for AEW. Uh, the first match I saw him was against against uh, I can't, uh was it? yeah Sammy 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 Cunningham. It was okay. the AEW Sammy Cunningham twenty sixteen, and then I saw him wrestle against Desmond Xavier. That same year, uh, and that match was good too. Uh, the that was a match where, where like, it kind of gave like Desmond Xavier the, the like uh, you can hang thing, you know, like yeah, you can do it, you know, like you can hang with the best. And that's when uh, AEW started like giving him a little bit more, um, a better uh, like uh, a bigger talent for him to work right. with. Kind of like more uh, high profile stuff. Yeah, yeah, he started doing that, and then ever since then, boom, he boosted, you know. Sammy Callahan, you know, is like the the fucking draw, you know. Uh, yeah. It's another guy that like really helped me out too. Uh, Sammy Callahan is another guy that helped me. Um, we did clips for him in 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 February at the Naito takes Dayton show. Uh, he let me yeah. do clips there. So so like that's another guy that always asks me, hey, uh, you want to do clips for me? And then, like, sometimes I can go, but things sometimes I can't because of the distance, you know? Right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, uh, go back to uh, Ricochet. Yeah, he's super fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Uh, then was the, oh, the third match was Nikki Cross against uh, Shayna Bla- uh, Blazer. Blazer? Yeah. Blazer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Blazer. Yeah, uh, that match, honestly, that was. That match was kind of disappointing, you know, because how fast it was, and because they was trying to make like the MMA fighter look strong. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's just a hard thing yeah. to do. Like Ken Shamrock was the first one, and then like not mm-hmm. too many people have crossed over, and it's, and it's been portrayed well. Like it's such a hard thing to do. Um, but I mean, it was probably best to keep it short, you know, because uh. It, 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 like there's, there's a lot of things I think that would go on that that it probably made it better that it was shorter than what it than what it was, you know, or as short as it was. I mean, 
What uh, Oh, and then the man, uh, the next match was um, uh, Lawrence Solomon versus uh, uh, Tommy N. Okay. Alistair Black. Yeah. yeah uh, yeah. that match, uh, that match was uh, was interesting because. Because uh, uh, Solomon, uh, he kind of botched the move. And you can see pretty obvious that, like, uh, he, like, botched it because uh, Alistair Black was going to go for his finisher. Uh, and then, and then like, uh, he was too far away from from Sullivan. And then when, like, Alistair Black hit it, and, like, uh, Sullivan just, like, uh, he didn't even touch him. And then uh, he just fell. He just fell oh. back. You know, so and it was really yeah. obvious that like he didn't even touch him, and people started and booing. People were like, "Oh, you fucked up! You fucked up!" You know. Of course, so. like what well, again? It goes right back to what I said yeah. earlier. Chicago fans are the best and the worst because when something good happens, you know, and when something bad happens, you also know. They don't. You're not gonna <laughs> let anything go at any point. So you're either gonna get booed or you're gonna get a good reaction. So. That makes sense. I would not expect anything less from Chicago fans than to let them know <laughs> that they know it was a fuck up. up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and people were like yelling, you fucked up, you fucked up. Uh, and then the, the main event was Tommaso Chapo against Johnny Gargano. Uh, that match, uh, I feel like that match was emotional in a way. But like, like ever since me and my brother started watching like GCW and stuff, um, mm-hmm. Like hardcore matches from WWE don't kind of excite us no more, you know. Right. Uh, we were kind of bored because of like the simple things they were doing, you know, like uh, like like just like um, like a chair shot to the back or like a garbage can or like um, like simple uh, like super basic things, you know. And like me and my yeah, brother weren't like not really into the match, you know. Yeah, even though a lot of people were. You're so you're so caught up in or not caught up in, but like you're exposed to so many like other styles, like the GCW yeah. style or like out of mid south or anyone that does like death matches. They they're not gonna do that style in in a corporate environment, whether it's NXT or mm-hmm. WWE. So like I think that's the one thing that like being so uh like just um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like so just like yeah involved in indie wrestling you get to you get to see all these different styles so when you go to like a corporate style environment it's not going to be quite the same it's it's based a lot more on storytelling like their whole angle has been super emotional and uh, like their greatest story they could tell over the last couple of years like starting before the cruiserweight classic up until now it's been like a really long story even with the injuries they've been able to intertwine all of that so like if you back up and just kind of look at what the story's been this whole time, then it makes it a little more instead of being like, cause I got a uh, debate about this recently. Like you can get too caught up in the moment. And when like a lot of death matches, a lot of other like indie hardcore shows and, and spots like where it's, it's such like an instant gratification because it's instant gratification because they're hoping you're there to record what they do so that someone else notices yeah. them notices them so like that instant gratification is there it's a lot stronger in the indies and it's not as much of a focus on storytelling all the time so i can see how like they like that would be kind of a a letdown if you're used to seeing like the normal like nick gage sorry nick fucking gage Um, yeah nick fucking gage (laughs) you know so I, i can see how that would be a letdown um Man, we're actually, we've been talking so long. We've only got a few minutes left. So we need to, I want to jump through Money in the Bank real quick, like anything on that. And then, um, then we're like, we're basically done. We've talked so long, man. I didn't realize we were going this long. Um, What was Money in the Bank like? Money in the Bank, uh, it was, of course, you know, it was different than than, uh, NXT because it was like how many matches there were, you know. It was a different environment because it was different people, different fans, of course, you know. Because a lot of people go to WWE rather than NXT because of the whole like, uh, like the big stars, you know, like Roman Reigns, you know, uh, and then like the highlight of my night has to be when like people got so bored during the gender gender against Roman Reigns match that yeah. they started doing like the wave, and then like I've been getting shit on it uh, on Twitter 
yeah. there were people telling me, oh man, why do you record that? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, that just like is respectful to the wrestler and to the wrestlers, blah, blah, blah. And like yeah. I told him, you know, like, like the reason why I recorded was because it was something funny. You know, it was something mm-hmm. that like a lot of people uh, were not into it. You know, like people were very upset during the match. Uh, and there were people around me that they were very invested in the match. You know, they were paying attention to Roman Reigns and Jinder yeah. Mahal. And then they were getting mad because they wanted to, like, actually enjoy the match. You know? Right. But the thing is, uh, everybody else, we we were honestly bored. You know, we were like, no, nah, man, we need a different match. And then when Alexa Bliss um, cashed in, man, that whole place went crazy. You know, because yeah. we won't... We weren't expecting it to like be her, you know. Uh, like uh, I saw a bunch of rumors that it was supposed to be Natalia, uh, whatever, you know. But thinking Alexa Bliss won, you know, people went crazy. And then especially when she catched in, that was yeah. more crazier because people were like, "Damn, you know, like I would have thought that like Ronda Rousey would have won the title and then she would jump in, you know, right. rather than doing, uh, rather than doing a Sarah Rollins style, you know, like jumping in inside the match, even though uh, it was a double DQ." Mm-hmm. But still, she jumped into the match, you know. Uh, and then Braun Strowman, you know, Braun Strowman winning that was another uh, like crazy upset because most people thought it was gonna be The Miz or Kevin Owens or Finn Balor, you know, like even add Finn Balor into that. You know, I think then Braun Strowman won. The thing is, uh, so something I noticed was when Braun Strowman threw uh threw Kevin Owens uh to the table. Uh, they were taking him into the back, Kevin Owens. Uh, I think he was like actually hurt because yeah. like uh, they like weren't uh, focusing on him at all during that match. Okay. Because I feel like he like actually got hurt. Yeah. Because Bronstroman actually threw him like from the ladder. So. I mean, you know, like you said earlier, man, it's it's all about the risk and. You know, the reason they probably did that spot is because they knew you were there and they were trying to get wrestling uh, to put them over. <laughs> That's what probably it was. They like, like, the unicorn guys in the crowd will get super over on Twitter if we do this. <laughs> so let's do it because he's going to do that podcast and he'll talk about us a lot. So, yeah, and it's funny because it's funny because a bunch of guys, uh, I have talked to a bunch of guys and they always told me, they're like, hey, are you going to be at the show? I'm like, yeah. Like oh, okay, uh, I was thinking of doing this new move I have, and he's like, uh, are you be able to like do it? I was like, yeah, of course, you know. Uh, and like uh, Gringo Loco, uh, Gringo Loco, uh, Charlie Santos, uh, yeah, yeah. he's another guy. That, uh, he's another guy that I always talk to, and like mm-hmm. I always ask him, hey, are you gonna do something crazy tonight so I can like be in a certain angle? He's like, ah, uh, yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, or I'll give you a signal. You know, I'll give you a signal so you can be in that certain spot so you can get this new, like, move I'm trying to do, you know? Yeah, man, was, uh, and then other wrestlers, yeah. He was one of the first guys I met uh, when I was up there in October, and I got the little early ring workout and stuff. And, like, I felt bad because I, when I saw him, I was like, I recognized him, and he, I didn't know his name was Charlie, and he introduced himself. Yeah. And then, like, we were both like, all right, well, can we get in the ring now? Like, who's going to tighten the ropes so we can get in? And then when he started, like, warming up and walking the ropes, I was like, now I feel like a dick because I didn't realize who you were. Like, I didn't tell him that, but if he's listening, yeah. he didn't realize who you were until after he started walking the ropes. Like, he looked familiar. And I was like, I know I know him. But, like, it's one of those things that, like, once you meet somebody in person, you're like, you look really familiar, but I don't know why I know uh-huh. you. Um, do me a favor real quick and plug, uh, like, anything you want as far as Twitter, how anybody can get a hold of you. Uh, yeah, uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Wrestling with Unicorns. You can follow me on Twitter, W under, uh, underscore W underscore Unicorns. Uh, Instagram is Wrestling with Unicorns. Uh, if, you, if you want me to, uh, to help you out with, like, anything with your show related or any videos, any highlight videos, you can always hit me up uh, any any social media, especially on Instagram better because I'm really bad with my Facebook. I'm really bad. So always Instagram or Twitter. Those two awesome. are better. Perfect. Well, you're probably going to get like 
you know, a thousand messages now because <laughs> you're on this podcast and everybody wants to get paid in exposure. So thank you for coming on. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Before you go, do me a big favor. Jump over to Twitter. Give me a follow at Mr. Watch the Left. That's MR for Mr. Watch the Left. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or hate mail you want to send me, do it there on my regular email at bookericsnow at gmail.com.